You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. My job, this is trouble. Throwing around second. He's going to be waved around home. Here's the throw from Teoscar. Galvis is relayed to the plate. He's in time and I get him. What a terrific throw and relay as the Blue Jays win the game. I'm really excited just having caught some of the Score North Twin Show today and the old school, new school, or I don't know what the juxtaposition was, but the brawl figuratively was, between Judd and Derek. There was a brawl. Um we got to get to the end of the Twins game throughout this show. Jason Stark's going to join us. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami, and Rami is still almost uh, on his deathbed. We we did talk to Rami on the phone earlier. He caught whatever whatever I had on he Friday. Did not sound good. No, he's he's not good. But hopefully tomorrow he'll be back. He's got some flu like symptoms. Let's he's going to stay far away from me because I don't want any part of that. No, nor do I. I'm with you. It's Jonathan. a good thing we have Ross on staff because Ross sanitizes the studio yeah. like three times a week. <laughs> I don't know if you need somebody that needs. To, but no, Ross, I didn't. But that's good. Yeah, like Ross. If, if Ross is like bored for five minutes, he'll just come in and sanitize everything. So <laughs> I'm not going to complain one bit about that, especially you in just this leave, studio. You should just leave the Twitch stream on all day, and every once in a while, like you'll just see Ross come in. And you're just <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um, so we a lot to discuss at the end of the Twins game, but let's let's get right down to it here. We are three hours away from the NFL schedule release bash where all 32 schedules come out at the same time. We're going to have a live watch along on all of the Score North social media platforms minus Instagram. We can't loop them. We can't loop Instagram in with the other ones. It's it's an Instagram thing, but Twitter, YouTube, uh, well, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook, I should say. But we're already getting some leaks as to who the Vikings are going to play. Can we start piecing this together here? The Vikings oh, schedule right now? Absolutely. Okay. All right, we do not know. So there have been leaks throughout the day. I believe the whole Giants schedule was leaked to the uh, <laughs> to the Star Ledger in Newark. But here's what we know about the Vikings schedule and putting together basically what are leaks to other outlets. All right, okay. and, and keep in mind too, what makes this difficult is the major players in this ESPN, Fox, those type of people are. Partners with the league, so they can't so, confirm. So, like Schefter knows stuff, but he can't say it. But he can't say it. I bet, that, I bet that kills guys like him. Well, it kills me too because this is so much fun. But here, here's what we know, and I will give you the outlets uh, via which we know things. Okay. Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel been covering the Packers for a hundred years. Very reliable. Vikings are going to play the Packers in Week Two at Lambeau Field. Okay. All right. So you were only off by six, uh, 15 weeks. Same as last year. I'm shocked. Yeah. 
I'm disappointed. When's the last time the Vikings played a cold, cold weather game at Lambeau? I guess Three they years played, ago, right? Yeah, they, they played, was it Christmas Eve? Christmas time, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, Vikings v. Packers, week two, Lambeau Field. Okay. Um, Chicago Tribune reporting. The Bears will play host to the Vikings in week four. So, you're going to have the Packers in week two. I'm guessing a non-division opponent in week three. Bears at Soldier Field in week four. Wow, so you're getting these division early. road games out early. Early. I like it. Early. And then you are getting, and don't ask me why, and I'm not happy about this. You're getting Vikings playing host to Bears week 17 for a fourth consecutive year. This is, is really four years in a row? Yes, and I'm tired of it. Wow. This is shaping up. Is, are those the only three games we know? No, we know. The, go through all the ones we know. So Giants week five? So, yes. So the Newark-based Star-Ledger reporting, the Giants will play host to the Vikings at noon Week five, which is October the 6th. Okay. That's what we know at this point, and I will uh, keep my eyes open and my Google searches going for the rest of our show because I'm guessing more will come out as we get closer to 7 o'clock Central. Okay, so we so right now we know of uh, of of basically 25% of their schedule so Football. far, right? Yes. So we know week two at Green Bay, week four at Chicago, week five at New York. Mm-hmm. So we know... We basically know their first three road games, I would think. I don't think there's... I'm going to guess in the first five weeks, they're not sneaking a fourth road game in there. So we know what their first three road games are. At Green Bay, at Chicago, at the Giants. And then we know that they play Chicago in Week 17 at U.S. Bank Stadium. And I love the home game against Chicago in Week 17 as opposed to the other way around. Because if... Like, the Vikings, if they make the playoffs, aren't going to run away with the division, right? This is going to be a three-horse division race on paper, and they're going to have to contend with angry, vindictive Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be out to prove the world wrong this Mm -hmm. season, and a Chicago Bears team that even if we're right on this show about Mitch Trubisky being kind of a meh, mediocre quarterback, that defense is going to keep them competitive. So if this is a back-and-forth, you know, 10-6, and 11-5 and type division, and the Vikings are in it, and that game in Week 17 matters. You want that game at U.S. Bank Stadium, and so it's... Except you lost it last year. You did. <laughs> and it mattered last year. For sure. But, it kept you out of the playoffs. But it doesn't mean that you wouldn't take that again, right? If, hey, there's chips on the table, playoffs yeah, are on the line, you got to win the game. Aren't you tired of this? It's four consecutive years. And, and, and I like teams ending against their division foes. I like that one. But yeah. aren't you tired of the Bears four consecutive years, Week 17 at U.S. Bank Stadium? No, because the Bears are good, and the Bears are relevant. What I would... So I would... I want the Packers. If, well, okay. If I would, I wouldn't fight you on that. But I'm. But if there's only three options for Week 17, right? right? It's Lions, Bears, and Packers. And so, would I want? Would I rather have just for the sake of change the Lions in Week 17? No, because the Lions are probably not going to be a playoff team. And I want a team that I'm pretty sure is going to be fighting for playoffs, and that's going to be a fun Week 17 game. Would it be more fun if it were the Packers at home, and you knew that that was going to be the the game and the gateway to the playoffs? Sure, but. I like this. Uh, I think that game against the Giants in Week 5, the Giants are not a good football team. Eli Manning is mostly a disaster. Poor Pat Shermer. This will be Pat Shermer's last head coaching job, and he's just set up with... He's a great coordinator. Yeah, but he's a great... He's, he's a never, great, he's never, he's he's, never he's, had a chance as a head coach, yeah. though, with Cleveland and then the... But go, go be good at what you do well. You're a good coordinator. So this almost assures, though, that, that for the third consecutive year, I would imagine the Vikings are going to open at home, right? So could it be that even though I got duped yesterday 
via a Twitter account, which claimed to be leaking information during the course of our show until the very end of our show when that Twitter account came clean and said, sorry, I duped you all. Could it be that it will be the Falcons in week one at U.S. Bank Stadium? And I got it right, despite the fact I was fooled. First of all, how can you not trust a Twitter account that says, at NFL schedule leaks. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. Why would you not trust that? And of I did. course, it's not blue check verified, so it's obviously trustworthy. I No, but it looks so good. Could Even if NFL schedule leaks was a legitimate news source for schedule leaks, would Twitter blue check mark that? that you would, know what? Would Twitter say, yeah, you're... You're right, like 90% of the time on these leaks. We'll give you a blue check mark. I'm told it's gotten tougher. I think criteria is 93%. No, okay. So, I'm, I'm told, step it up, NFL schedule leaks. I'm told it's gotten a lot tougher than it was a few years back to get the blue check mark. So, they might not. I don't. I think they put a freeze on like non-top celebrity blue check marks. They've too, too many suspicious, borderline, famous people, D-level celebrities have gotten the blue check mark on Twitter. <laughs> And they've put a stop to it. Um, let's see here. Our guy Steven tweets into us. Viking schedule leaks we know so far. Okay, so he, there's more. Oh, my. Hold oh, on a second. See, this Wait, is what I was hoping. Second. This is what makes the show great. Hold on. This is what makes the show great. Oh, my. Oh, way. This is great. Look at it. Look at week one. Atlanta week one. Now, now, did, now the only question <laughs> is, did the Daily Norseman fall for the same thing I fell for? So Daily Norseman, fantastic Vikings blog platform. Tweets out, Viking schedule leaks, we think we know so far. <laughs> and this is as of 1.26 p.m. today. As, as opposed to Judd Zolgad looking at NFL schedule leaks yesterday and being pretty sure it was all correct. So here's what we think we know so far, according to Daily Norseman. And we will know for sure in less than three hours, but this is, this is just too delicious, okay? Yes. Week one, home against Atlanta. Matt Ryan, that's about $60 million per year in guaranteed money quarterbacks going head-to-head. Green Bay on the road in week two, another $65 million or so in uh, guaranteed money quarterbacks. And that's been out out there, so that actually makes sense. Yep. Yep. Week three, question mark so far. Yep. Week four at Chicago, which we talked about. Week five at New York, which we talked about the Giants. Week six, probably a home game because week seven, according to leaks and reports, at Detroit. So you get your... You get three road division games out of the way in the first half of the season. Now, that could be good or bad. If, if you right. can hold your own in the first half of the season, it's good. And then you get a bunch of home games in the second half of the season against your division foes. Right. Um, Washington at home on a Thursday, week eight. Wasn't that one of the leaked things that you put on your... No, that was a Seattle. That was a, okay. that was a Seattle Thursday night game at Seattle. At Kansas City, week nine. Oh, this is tough. At Dallas week 10. Ooh, that's a brutal that's a back-to-back. Really bad back-to-back. Yeah, but if if this is right, then you'll go week 7 on the road, week 8 a Thursday at home, but then so 3 of 4 on the road at Detroit, at KC, at Dallas. And and even you know, go even farther out. So week 6 will be a home game, but they'll have between weeks 4 and 10, they'll be playing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 out of 7 games on the road between yep. weeks 4 and 10. I mean, that's your, that's your season right there. Correct. Right? If you lose a bunch of road games. And then week 11, home against Denver. That's a nice little get-well game with Joe Flacco. <laughs> weeks 12, 13, 14, and 15 are all question marks. And then you get Green Bay at home week 16. Again, these are schedule leaks we think we know so far, according to the Daily Norseman. Which might have been fooled or not fooled. Who knows at this point? <laughs> Uh, week 16, Green Bay on a Monday night. Yep. 
And then short week to a home game against Chicago, week 17. So ba- Delicious. So basic- I love this. So basically to the point of of the middle of this schedule, if things go well and you play three or four on the road from week seven to week 10, you could set yourself up for week 16 and 17 to be absolutely blockbuster, great playoff type games, or you could be dead. Can we pick the games that we think we know so far well, and only on the games we think we know so far? When's Thanksgiving? What what week would Thanksgiving uh, Thursday game fall in, do you think? Um, let's see here. Hold on. Let me pull up my calendar. Okay. Because it's a very important question. Because I think we can throw in they, the Vikings definitely play host to, to Philadelphia. And that podcast I told you about was pretty certain. So I think we can throw in, we think we know they're going to play Thanksgiving night against Philadelphia. Uh, according to my trusty iPhone calendar, Thanksgiving day is Thursday, November 28th. Okay. So the, would that fall around week 12, you think? Oh, I see what your question is. I'm saying where, where would it fall in? Cause so, they're not playing Denver on Thanksgiving, are they? No, no, I would think that. No, I think Thanksgiving falls probably somewhere in week 12 or 13. Let's see. NFL week 12, 2019. I'm just going to Google NFL week 12, 2019 and see if there's a date. <laughs> You'll get it. I don't know. This is amazing. Um, I can't. Uh, week 12 looks like Sunday, November 24th would be week 12. So week 13, because the Thursday games are the first games of the week, right? So, okay, week, so week, week, 13 week 13 would be Thanksgiving. Week. Let's throw that one in as well. Okay. Oh, so, and that, so that's what now? We, so week 13 versus Philadelphia at home. So we're going to go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. That feels a little reckless. Oh, it is. Okay. Speculation. All right. So let's do this. Let's just fly through these, okay? Yeah. Just the games. I'm, listen, I'm with you here. The games we think we know are on the schedule <laughs> right now. Okay. Just a quick exercise. All right. Home against Atlanta week one. Win. Win. <laughs> win. It's a win. You're going to win. You're going to beat the Falcons at home. Yeah. Judd, Jonathan, uh, I got I to gotta write our names on this so I don't. All okay, right. uh, at Green Bay week week two. I'm going to say that's a loss. Yeah, I'm with you, loss. Aaron Rodgers, week two. Revenge game for I know I, I picked the Vikings to lose this game in a different week yesterday during your mock schedule. Yeah. The winds of change feel like they're swirling here. I'm going to say that's a loss as well. It just feels like an Aaron Rodgers revenge game. Week three, we're not sure yet, so we're not going to pick it. Uh, week four, week four. <laughs> we're not sure about any of these, but what the hell. Uh, week four at Chicago. Loss. Vikings do not play well in Soldier Field. I will say a loss. That's a win for the Vikings. Yep. Uh, at at New York Week Five, are we all saying win. that's a win? Win, yep. win, win, win. Okay. Um, week Seven at Detroit. At Detroit, win, win. win. Everyone. Yep. Okay. That's a win. Washington home on a Thursday, a short week. That's a win for me. Win. Kirk Cousins. Wait, no. I think I said loss to this game yesterday. I'm going Don't overthink with, it. I'm sticking with a loss. Oh wow. Yeah, loss. I'm sticking with a loss. Really? Oh yeah, Keenum, Washington, Keenum, Keenum, Keenum was terrible last year. Yeah, but nah. So his cousins at times. God, he actually has an offensive coordinator now in prime time. Who gets a louder ovation during that game at U.S. Bank Stadium? Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins? Okay, Keenum, and it's not. Yeah, like Judd said, it's not even close. At Kansas City, Week Nine, loss. That's a loss. I think it's a loss. But I'm gonna surprise you in Week Ten. Week Ten at Dallas, win. Ooh, I'm going win. I've got to win. I think think Dallas drops off again. Dallas is a weird team. Home against Denver, week 11. Win. Win. And then the other two games we think we know, according to Daily Norseman. 
putting the schedule together. The three, I guess. Uh, week 13, Philadelphia. Yep. Home, right? Yes. That's a win. That's win. a win. Okay. And then uh, weeks 16 and 17, Green Bay and Chicago both oh, at home. Oh, it's so tough. Jonathan, you, you go first. Oh. I can't. I can't pull the trigger on this what yet. What do I have him at right now? What's my what's, <laughs> what's have... their record? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. It go, doesn't even it matter. Does, it doesn't matter. Uh, Why I'm does that go, matter? I'm going to go a win and a loss. They're going to lose to Chicago at home <laughs> again. Hedging. Okay. <laughs> Judd. Let's hear it, Judd. All right. I, I'm channeling the, as best I can. Win and a win. Yeah. There it is. I got a win and a win. But it might not matter. Which means... In the <laughs> how many games? Eight plus in the twelve games we think we know so far. Yep. Judd, you have them. Well, Jonathan has them six and six. Judd has them right for the quarterback eight and four. I've got them ten and two. <laughs> ten and two. This has bring on the cool, purple cooler aid. Asterisk subject to change <laughs> when I write about this this evening. <laughs> bring it on. Zulgad Hammerhead, Viking schedule and the expectations. Yeah. You guys, you guys have to pick this on the watch along tonight. Of course, we, we have w- to pick oh, this yeah, along. Yeah. Okay. I hope we do. Right. We should all be fired if we don't. <laughs> well, uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how you guys perform tonight. I guess um, we're going to talk to Jason Stark when we come back here about a number of different topics, including the end of that Twins game last night. Jason Stark from the Athletic and MLB Network. We're going to keep our eye out for more Vikings schedule leaks. We are your Vikings schedule leak leader. Score North, the all-new Score North. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Rami out sick today. Federated is here to make sure we're all safe on the roads. Federated Mutual Insurance Company reminds us all to drive safe. And staying rested and alert is the best way to ensure that fatigue doesn't become an issue behind the wheel. I can tell you many a time and uh, no longer do I make this mistake if I can help it. You're driving, you're grinding, you're trying to keep your eyes open, and it's midnight, or you're road tripping uh, across, what, up north, across Wisconsin, whatever it is. Well, drowsy driving is a major, major contributor to crashes in the United States. 90,000 crashes involve drowsy drivers as of just a couple of years ago. So to make sure we're all safe on the road, let's be alert and also be alert for other people who might be showing signs of drowsiness. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. It's Phil Mackie here from the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. We've made it easier than ever to find our team-centric Minnesota sports podcast. Wherever you subscribe to podcasts, just search Score North. That's S-K-O-R, and you'll find Score North Vikings, for instance, which includes Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, and Vikings Ventline. Score North Wolves includes Raised by Wolves, Myron Medcalf on Hoops, and more. Score North Twins includes Touch Em All, Royce on Baseball, and more and so on. Just search Score North, S-K-O-R, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. My drive, this is trouble, prone around second. He's going to be waved around home. Here's the throw from Teoscar. Galvis is relayed to the plate. He's in time, and I get him. What a terrific throw and relay as the Blue Jays win the game. All right, Jason Stark from MLB uh, network and also theathletic.com slash MLB. Random question. That was Buck Martinez doing play-by-play at the end of that Twins-Blue Jays game last night, right? Yes, sure was. Buck yeah. does a great job, in fact. Yeah, uh, Danny Gladden does some play-by-play. It's, it's fun to see like former players doing... Uh, or was Buck Martinez a player and a manager or just a, just a manager? He, well, he was... <laughs> kind of a player? He was a former player who did went into broadcasting for a long time and then... 
mysteriously became the manager for a little while. He even managed the WBC team. Okay. Remember? That's right. Yeah. Um, um, hey, Jason. There's a, of, there's a lot of great former players who are play-by-play men. Love Dwayne Kuyper, and there's Bob Euchre, and we're not going to go down this road, but you get the idea. That Giants team, though, is fantastic. Their broadcasters? Yes, their broadcasters are great. Tremendous. Yeah. So the the topic of the week for us, and we don't know if it's 75% reality or 0% reality, but it doesn't stop us from saying it, it should totally happen. The Twins have a legit lineup, we think. The Twins have a window in this division to uh, to maybe take it over. And there's a couple spots in that bullpen that just aren't getting the job done and and could definitely stand to be improved. So we think the Twins should be in on Craig Kimbrell to, to, up, up to a reasonable amount of money in years, which I'm sure is the is the conundrum everybody has right now. So, so why is it that one of the best pitchers in the major leagues the last ten years is not on a team? I mean, is it is it not worth overpaying? Is, what 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 do you see as the reason why he's not employed right now? Because his his agent overshot from the beginning of the offseason on. And look, he's not at six years and whatever it was, one hundred and six million is what I'd heard early in the winter. He's not there anymore, but he is not even now in that one-year bargain bin mode. If he was in that mode, he'd be somewhere. He'd be in Atlanta or Minnesota or Washington or who knows where. You could plug him in pretty easily and see the value, but. It's still three years at historic closer AAV type money. So three years, filling the amount fifty five, three years sixty, something like that. Now that's not an amount of money that most teams have sitting around once a season begins, right? But they they keep thinking that some team is going to decide that the need is there and the money is there. I don't know when that'll be or where that'll be. In your mind, Jason, what's fair for both sides? Um, you know, at this point, it is April 17th. And what is sitting around accomplishing? You know, I'm like, Le'Veon Bell would not be my role model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that year of your life and your career, you're never getting back. And you're never going to make up that money that you turned down. So take something. Take the one-year deal at the kind of AAV you're looking for, somewhere above the qualifying offer, so one year in 18 or whatever it is. Throw some option years in there, player options or whatever you want, and go pitch. Craig Kimbrell is one of the greatest closers who ever lived. He has a, he still has a chance to go down as maybe not the greatest because it's going to be hard to duplicate Mariano's life and times, but the second greatest closer of all time, that is within his grasp with the career path that he's had. This is not accomplishing anything. Is that part of the hang-up? If I am a forward-thinking front office and I look at relievers not as closers but as ace relievers and I say, man, we love you. We think you've got many more years of prime arm left, 
but we really need you to pitch in the seventh and the eighth innings and sometimes in tie games and maybe even when you're losing. We're not we're not just going to bring you in 60 times for save situations. Do you think that could be that we've got sort of an old guard situation here with Craig Kimbrell and he knows that he's closing in on maybe top five all-time in saves and doesn't want to ruin that? Well, it's possible that that is a factor somewhere. Um, He obviously has expressed a preference for pitching the ninth inning and doing his thing as he's always done it. But if you had Craig Kimbrough on your team, why is that a problem? (laughs) You know, I think one of the issues is he, he obviously... Had a had a messy postseason. I think he got he got scored on five games in a row. Um, he he lost the strike zone. I know that the the Red Sox covered for him by saying he was tipping pitches, and he was. But I also know that they felt like his delivery was such a mess. He was not picking up the catcher until basically he just about released the ball. This is fixable. Have you gone back and looked at Craig Kimball's first half last year? You know what, what, a, what the league hit against him in the first half? How about 144 mm. with a 232 on base and a 302 slug? That guy can pitch the ninth inning for my team. So what's your best guess about who, who finally steps in, in here and actually comes to him and says, okay, you're, you're too good not to pitch? <laughs> Well, I keep thinking the Braves. I really do. I mean, the Braves or the Brewers make sense. Um, neither one has wanted to pay that kind of money, even on a one-year deal. But he could be literally the difference between winning the World Series and not even making the postseason. In both cases. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Like, What's the price of that? To me, it's worth what he's asking. Well, and and I, I've been saying with, with the Twins, the Twins, I think, are going to hit. And and the pitching is not great. The starting pitching, I think, most of it, Jason, can get you by. But the bullpen, as constructed right now, is going to be an, an issue. And if you sign Kimbrell, and, and let's just say he's 80% of last year, you're talking about a guy that allows everyone else to sort of slot into logical roles. So to your point, I think the Twins should be looking long and hard and saying, the American League Central is not good. We've got an opportunity here to do something that we probably didn't expect at the beginning of March. How can we do it? And Kimbrell could definitely fit into that equation. <laughs> it, it's such an easy argument to make. We don't have to write the check. But the, <laughs> ar- the, the argument works well. <laughs> Here's the other thing. Suppose the Indians aren't even that good. I, I, I mean, hasn't that crossed your mind watching them oh, yeah. so far? Absolutely. I know they're in first place. I know they're above 500. They just got swept in Kansas City, right? Yes. They're hitting 207 as a team. What if Kluber and Carrasco are the guys that we saw last weekend in Kansas City? What suppose? I mean, suppose the opportunity is there, not just to win the division, but but win some series, man, to make a run. How often are you going to have this opportunity? Yeah, uh, Jason Stark is a weekly guest here during baseball season. I'm Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Rami is out uh, under the weather today. You can find his work on theathletic.com slash MLB 
or uh, you can watch him in the flesh on MLB Network. So you have a piece on theathletic.com about the uh, the Marcelo Zuna play that made its way around the internet. The other, for people that didn't see it, just well do a search for Marcelo Zuna. He climbs the wall like Spider Man and was about to make an amazing. Who is that? In Major League Two, the Japanese outfielder who like climbs the fence and catches the ball barehanded, like it was going to be one of those deals. And then he realizes, oh god, this ball is fifteen feet short of the wall and has to like jump off the wall, etc. And so you you summoned uh, baseball fans on Twitter to send you the goofiest non catches that people could think of. One of them actually has a Metrodome tie. But what were some of the responses you got back? Yeah, well, well they were so much fun. Um, this is one of the great epic non-catches ever, first of all. It's like, you, you know, I keep thinking it's like Spider-Man climbs the burning building and then realizes he had the wrong address. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there, there are so many fun nominations, but I went with three that just, I mean, the, the video, the tweets, it, it's all so perfect. So uh, the, the number one most memorable non-catch of all time was Jose Canseco obviously disproving this idea he was not a heady player yeah. <laughs> he used his head to deflect that Carlos Martinez home run over the fence and that's perfect too because Carlos Martinez's son now plays for the Cardinals with Marcelo Zuna so there, you had that perfect connection and then people nominated probably the most fun video ever. Rodney McRae, who was a White Sox outfitter in the 90s when he was still playing in AAA, was playing a game in Portland. And you know that expression that this guy would run run through a wall for you? He literally did. <laughs> tried, tried to catch a fly ball, ran through the wall. Still blows my mind that he hasn't been doing Tylenol commercials for the last 25 years. Yeah, you're right. Marketing <laughs> opportunity lost. Right. And then there's the Minnesota connection. Um, I was so glad that somebody nominated this because I love it. it it's a long time ago. It's in the 80s, somewhere in there. But uh, you, you, you know how Sir Isaac Newton always said, what goes up must come down. Well, in this game, Dave Kingman was not buying that. He did. He did what people would do from time to time. Him in the Metrodome, he hit a ball that went up. It did not come down. I remember listening to that ball game, Jason Stark. Herb Carneal, <laughs> really? Yeah. Herb, Herb Carneal on the call. Herb Carneal, yes. We, we dug up the video. I don't, I'm not even sure it was a video at MLB Network. It is so hilarious to see all those guys with gloves on looking up into the sky, and the ball never returns. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this this actually qualifies, it probably should qualify as two non-catches because there was that. And then there was the next day. This is a this is a famous story. I'm sure Patrick Royce could tell it in much better detail than me. But the Twins are going to have some fun. They send one of their stadium workers up to the top of the Metrodome to find the ball. And then they were going to drop it to the first baseman, Mickey Hatcher. And Mickey Hatcher was going to catch it. And then retroactively tag out Dave Kingman. It was a master plan, except for one thing. 
Mickey Hatcher did not catch the ball. It hit him on the head. Oh, what? <laughs> of course it did. He was Mickey Hatcher. Oh. Billy Gardner was the manager then. His his awesome line was, at least it hit him where it couldn't hurt him. <laughs> That's very true. May 4th, 1984, gentlemen. That was the date, of, the date of the date of that game, and and was so it good radio. Oh it, well, it was fantastic because nobody, the announcers, nobody knew what happened, and and Jason, as you'll recall from the broadcast booth and pretty much the press box, you couldn't see straight up basically. So I think I think the broadcasters were so were were basically right. obstructed from having any idea that the ball <laughs> didn't come down. If that makes sense. Well, yeah, well, those infielders looking, you know, holding their gloves out, looking at each other, that that kind of tipped them off, I'm sure. Ground rule double too, and I think they decided that completely on the fly because there was yeah. no ground rule for it. We were, you know, we were actually on the air. We were trying to remember what the, what the scoring decision was. Thanks for checking on that. Yeah, I think the ump said, "What the hell? It's worth a double if if you can put the <laughs> put the ball in the pocket like that, Dave. You get a it's ground rule double." Gravity. That. Oh. Drugs. Uh, are we doing trivia today, Jason Stark? I dug up some trivia. I did. Well, we dug up some game show music. Let's do it. <laughs> is, that, is that the that's your resident string section? <laughs> yeah, this is actually our producer, Jonathan, is a masterful cello player. Yes, he's uh, well-versed in the <laughs> classical strings. <laughs> I thought maybe he had that kind of... <laughs> I don't even know what that means. That's amazing. Well, I, I have no idea what it means either. Oh, love it. I, I keep thinking that Byron Buxton is going to steal 30, if not this year, one of these years. And so here's what I'm looking for, for you, from you guys. The three twins who have stolen 30 bases in a season in this millennium. So from 2000 to now. Mm. All right. Three twins who've stolen 30 you, bases. You covered a few Good of these, God. Philip, didn't you? I don't know if I did. Because <laughs> it's not so, because I was immediately going to say uh, Knobloch, but obviously that does not count because we're 2000 and beyond. Right. So, no. so all right. I'm just going to, I'm going to talk out loud here. Okay. Just a conversation between baseball friends. These are not verbally binding. I'm just going to throw some names out that come so to mind. All right. Them. All right. Go ahead. Uh, Christian Guzman is a name that comes to mind. Luis Rivas is a name that comes to mind. Uh, the Twins had a couple guys like, like I don't think Alexi Casilla ever got to 30, but Carlos Gomez, I believe, got to 35 or 36. I'm going to say Carlos Gomez for one of them. Yeah, Just, that's why it's one of them. Okay. Right. Good job. So um, I'm trying to think if like if Torrey Hunter ever had a 30-30 flirtation. And I the, don't think he stole 30 in a season. That was though. the first name that came to mind for me, but yeah, think, I... I will defer to you on this. God, you know who may have? Did, this is crazy. Did Corey Koski have like Corey Koski had a like a sneaky year one time where he, he was the answer to a question last year in trivia, and it turned out to be right. Yeah, because we're like it could have been Corey Koski. You're like, no, it was Koski. Um, go ahead. I'm. God. I'll trust you. All right. Did Did Christian Guzman ever get Christian Guzman? Mm. <laughs> he he got close. He got to twenty. Eight was his high. That's a great guess. Ben Revere is a is a guess, but Ben Revere just like never played. I was enough. gonna say, did he play? Yeah, he I did. don't think he ever played enough. Um, you know what? I just just to say, I guessed it right. If it's right, Luis Rivas. Yeah, very nice. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> very nice. Thirty-one. 
Um, but we whiffed on one of them, so we'll t- we'll take the L here. Have we named the other one at all in our ramblings, Jason? Uh, yeah, you rambled right through it. Yep. Tori? You want me to tell you? Tori you ready for Ka- that? Or Koski? Is it Koski? No, he got the 27. Okay. See, he got 20, he's got the 27. Yeah, no, he had a good year. pretty amazing in itself. Yeah. Um, now the answer is Ben Revere, who actually even got the 41. What? What year? He, he had back-to-back years of 30-plus in 2011 and 2012, and not many twins have ever done that. Carew, right? Knobloch, right? Um, might be. Yeah, Ben Revere was just kind of a... He was once one of the Twins' top prospects, and he was a first-round draft pick, uh, but yeah, he just couldn't hit the ball out of the infield. And, and he couldn't and he couldn't throw the ball to the infield, so... <laughs> yeah, Masher would not describe Ben. I, I think... He's reached the end of the line. He was in spring training with, I want to say, the the Pirates maybe this year or the Angels or somebody. Yeah. I believe that, that did not end well. Well, Jason, great stuff as always, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks, Jason. Great. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks. All right, Jason Stark from he, The Athletic. He's on board completely, by the way. With Craig Kimbrell? Yeah. He's completely on board. It really just I we don't know what we don't know what what Craig Campbell's demands are. You know, I I feel like I've fielded five hundred tweets in the last month from people like, why don't the Polads open up their wallets? Yeah, well, but the, the twins are on. According to reports, the twins have offered the most to yeah, Craig Campbell. But from what Jason's saying, it sounds like it is, and, and certainly from what Ken Rosenthal reported, it sounds like we are now at three years. Let's say we're between forty-five and sixty, which is a wide swath. But let's say that. So let's bring it down to between forty-five and fifty. And yeah. if you can get them for that, I think you take it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if it's three sixty, I could see being like, okay, hold on a second here, let's talk. But if you could get them to three, hell, let's say forty-eight, just for the sake of this, I think we're all on board. He's got, and and this is for both sides. He's got to take work at some point. He's going to go to like the- Stark's right. There's, and, and that's the thing that drives me nuts about this and football players and athletes in general. When they hold out, there's no getting that back. Like, you're not going to be like, well, but just wait till I am 39 and I have yeah. that extra year in me. It's not like an extra year of normal work. He's going to go to the Brewers, and Twins fans are going to be so mad and possibly rightfully so, just depending on what that contract is. And uh, it's probably going to happen in the next week, right? I don't know how he can sit out there much longer as we get closer you. to May. So let's when we come back, let's talk about a new era in Minnesota sports with a friend of ours. And we will get to in other news later on, one of our favorite segments on the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. But we are lucky enough to have TCL TVs all over the place here at Score North, all over the hallways, all over the studios. In fact, tonight, thank you to uh, our TCL studios. We're going to have a live watch along of the NFL schedule release. We're going to tell you exactly who the Vikings are playing for sure, weeks 1 through 17, on all of our social media channels, a live watch-along with Judd and company. And uh, there will be TCL TVs strewn about, I'm sure. There's not another 4K TV on the market that has more streaming content than this one. The Roku platform built in has the most streaming channels like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, HBO Now, movies and TV episodes, Hundreds of thousands of them and the best selection of music, sports and news. Tons of free content, Hollywood blockbusters and an easy to toggle back and forth between menu page. Whether you've got cable or satellite as a subscriber or you're just 
streaming. Uh, it's easy to navigate back and forth. TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Quick look at traffic around the Twin Cities right now. This traffic update brought to you by Consolidated Communications. We got a crash 394 eastbound between Louisiana Avenue and Park Place over in Golden Valley, as well as a crash in Bloomington down on 35W southbound between 94th Street and 98th Street. Give your business the power to do more with CCI Fiber Plus from Consolidated Communications for data and internet voice management hosted cloud and security services. Go to consolidated.com today. All right, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. And we uh, we encourage you to find us on our social media platforms. If you're not already following us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, you can find all kinds of content from Score North and Mackie and Jeb with Rami and Purple Daily. So if you're, uh, we've stepped our Instagram game up. We just reached 1,000 followers starting from zero just a couple months ago. So thank you to all of you who follow us on Instagram. It's just Instagram.com slash score north. And we would appreciate uh, any thoughts you have, too. So Jamie Watson, Minnesota United. It was a 3-3 draw. But I think the headline was, wow, what an atmosphere. Jeb was there. I planned on being there, but got knocked down by a flu bug. So I, uh, I just sort of watched from home. But your thoughts on... Minnesota sports and a new stadium and the evolution of soccer day one Allianz field. Well, I will say, uh, I'm sure the people who had seats in and around where you were supposed to sit, were probably very happy that you bailed since you had the flu. <laughs> yeah, um, right. you were able, I'm sure to watch it on TV and hear it here on score North. Uh, Callum Williams gave an incredible call filling in for Dan Terhar since it was, um, a nationally televised game. ESPN had the first one. And, um, Ma'am, if you were to turn on a TV having never watched a soccer game before, you would see this incredible, breathtaking, magnificent stadium on full display with 19,700-plus people in attendance. You would have seen four goals in the first 20 minutes. It was about as good of an advert for the game as you could possibly imagine um, you know, X's and O's wise, maybe not the best tactical game, but I think emotions were so high when you open up a quarter of a billion dollar stadium in a city and a state that has 40, 50 years of soccer history to it. Um, it was an emotional roller coaster of a game, but an emotional high for soccer. And the landscape of soccer in this state is forever changed after this past Saturday. Hi, Jamie. It's Judd. Hey, Dad. How are you? Good. How's your phone? <laughs> Great. I, I'm. I'm just. Wait, I'm just happy that the perfect signal right now. You know, it's just everything is all good. Nothing could go and wrong. Just like it has been every time we've talked. Um, unfortunately for the one or two times um, before this, but everything is great. I don't know why you're acting so weird right now, though, Judd. Oh, just because I'm glad to, to talk to you, and there's just been some technical problems in recent weeks. I wanted to make sure before I make my grand point, because it's going to be so good that you don't accidentally get disconnected. Judd, I would just I would just ask you to remain professional. This is a professional show. There are no hijinks ever pulled. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so if you just want to continue with the professional interview... Okay. We can continue with the professionalism. <laughs> okay, so so here's my theory about what I saw on Saturday. I think if you if you are a non soccer fan, you've got to attend a game at Allianz Field. Because with the close proximity with how that stadium is built, 
you can't help but get a feel for, for the game that uh, TCF Bank Stadium or before that the Metrodome or or Met Stadium couldn't come close to giving you because it was so much fun to watch that that game. And you can actually see what guys are trying to do and and things like that because you are on top of the game as opposed to in a in an American football stadium back and removed from the game. Yeah, I mean, first of all, big upset. Um, cell cell phone signal phenomenal today. Heard you loud and clear. No disconnection, awesome. sir. That was, we we uh, we have gotten to a great point in uh, in this interview. Here we are. And to your great point, Judd, you're absolutely right. Seventeen feet is the closest seat to the to the touch line, and the worst seat in the stadium is 125 feet. So to say there's the worst seat in the stadium. Is a is a bit of a stretch because at most you are four, about forty yards away if you are at the top of the building if you are in the highest seat possible so you can't help but feel immersed in the game and just you felt it you get entrenched in this atmosphere that gets created and the soundtrack to the game created by the twenty eight hundred safe standing section wonderwall at the end of the um, at the end of the south side of the stadium provides it just it makes you feel as though the intensity rises within the stadium and if you know why it's rising or why it's on the the cusp of being this just palpable outburst of emotion because of a big goal or a big changing moment in the game or if you don't know why it's happening you can just tell by the crowd reaction because it's like you said Judd to your point you're absolutely right in the mix with everybody you can hear what's being said, you can see what's happening from a close-up perspective, and even if you are at the top of the stadium, you have an unbelievable tactical vision of the stadium, and you're closer than probably what a CFD any other sports stadium would cost you several hundred bucks for. So, um, I'm glad you had a great time. Judd, I I did want to ask you, what did you think of the experience from a fan perspective, from you know, coming into the game, the stuff on the outside, the uh, the food, the the atmosphere. What did you think if you were a fan? Like, hey, should I go check this game out? Should I not? What sold it for you? I didn't do food, uh, but atmosphere is off the charts. the The Wonderwall section has to be seen to be believed. Like, if I was to try to describe uh-huh. it, you'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. But it is the continual singing and chanting. It, it doesn't end, which is very, very cool. I think the fan experience is absolutely top-notch, but this is this is a case where a stadium will actually sell me on the sport because it's so special. Absolutely. It'll sell you on the sport. It'll, it'll get you in the door, and then the level of play, the excitement, the attacking... You know, three goals in the first, yep. you know, 32 minutes will hopefully get you to stay. And uh, and now the only thing missing on Saturday was the Hollywood ending, the, the the perfect script where there's a late goal and you sing Wonderwall. So now you've got to come back and you've got to be able to experience Wonderwall being sung. Um, that would be just the, that is the chef's kiss. That is the cherry on top. Um, that that all you're lacking from a proper full blown Minnesota United experience at Hollyoaks Field. Jamie Watson, how much does a great home field advantage matter in soccer? Oh, not like everything. not for fun, I'm, but like for the actual players. Think about if you're one of these players that you've got to try to you, you're going on the road in an environment to play at Hollyoaks Field where it's, you know there's snow stacked up on the side of the field. 
it's so incredibly loud that you've got to try to yell at the top of your lungs to the guy that may only be 10, 12, 15 yards away from you on the field at a crucial moment to give him some piece of information or something has changed, uh, somebody is running in a different direction, and you've got to pass the defensive responsibility on. And when the fans are that loud, like Judd was talking about, it's deafening. It's impossible. You're, you're screaming at the top of your lungs, and the guy can't hear you. And when that happens, it's, it's a wonderful thing for Minnesota United to have that, and players know that coming in. And I guarantee you, stadiums only open. There's only 20 of them league-wide. This is the 20th stadium that has been open. So every time it happens, it is a big deal. Everybody tunes in. Everybody watches. And now every single player in this league is well aware of how much it is going to suck to try to play against Minnesota United at Allianz Field. And that's what a home field advantage is. You want people being thinking twice about it before they even get on the plane. When LA Galaxy comes here Wednesday night on the 24th or DC United comes on Sunday the 28th, they already know, like, oh, man, this is, this is going to be tough. And that's exactly what you want to happen. You've been to all the, pretty much all the MLS stadiums now covering – being on the sideline, being the sideline analyst for the team on the TV broadcast, where does, I mean, I know you may be a little biased since you work for the team, but where does this rank among MLS stadiums? And maybe the better question, where does this rank stadiums in the world that you've been to? Well, I mean, I, I think it was, uh, it was, it was well put um, in this way. If you, if you put a blindfold on and you close your eyes and you went right into the middle of the field, and you took the blindfold off, and you had no idea that we were in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, the heart of Midway, and you said, where are we? you think you were in Europe at a world-class stadium, at a, mm-hmm. at a stadium fit for a Champions League team, a, a Champions League you know, final? It, it, there's, there's, not a, um, there's not a wild dream that you could have as a player that would fully be able to encapture what, it was like being there on that field, playing in that stadium. And the great thing about this is there was this incredible buildup to April 13th against NYCFC as the opener. But this stadium was not built for 90 minutes. This is built for 90 years, right? So this is the home mm-hmm. now. This is this is the dream that kids can have growing up playing soccer here in Woodbury, White Bear, White Zeta, that one day they could wear their own team's colors, their hometown team, where the Minnesota United Crest in Allianz Field, they can grow up and dream that, and it's something attainable. And they don't, they don't have to go halfway around the world to go dream to play in another country to play in a stadium like this. It's in the middle of the Twin Cities. I mean, it's, it's incredible to think that this is a reality. This is real, and all the credit in the world to Dr. Bill McGuire and the ownership group and CEO Chris Wright for making this actually happen. This is a real thing, and it is incredible. It's the house that Jamie Watson built, in my mind. That's absolutely not true. Uh, and I realize you didn't answer your question straight up, Jonathan. It's the best stadium in MLS. It's not even close. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's right here in the yeah. Twin Cities. And you can hear Minnesota right United here. Games right here. On His phone worked the whole time today. You're such a pro, Jay. It's amazing. <laughs> it, it's fantastic. The phone's working great. I don't know if it's, you know, I was making sure it had great coverage for uh, this incredible Champions League game that I'm sure you guys were glued to. Jonathan and I were texting back and forth throughout oh, it. Um, couldn't catch my breath. I just, Jonathan, give give a quick update. I mean, what, what what did people miss today? What do they need to go home and see the highlights of? Uh, so, Derek Wetmore, if you're out in the hallway listening, turn off the radio. Tottenham fans, if you haven't seen it, turn off the radio for five seconds. 
I like the I, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, spoiler yeah. alert. I sit. Tottenham came in up a goal already, but I couldn't imagine. I can't describe how many goals there were. It was just goal after goal after goal. The first ten minutes, there was already what six goals already. It was it was an insane back and forth match that. It has to be seen to be believed. It's my kind of. It's my kind of soccer slash hockey slash soccer games yeah. I've ever we saw seen. Saturday. Yes. Yeah. Hey, we are. It was incredible. It was. It was three to. It was. Well, there were five goals in the first twenty-one minutes, and so <laughs> you're looking at it, it was basically uh, the equation. Uh, the equation of that is it was twenty-one fourteen after the first five six minutes <laughs> yeah. of a, of a game. I mean, it, it was. Nuts. It was. It was awesome. nuts. At every twist and turn you could imagine, it was very much like the uh, the opener all outfield and. Uh, and Phil, since you weren't able to make it, can I count on you for uh, for next Wednesday, the twenty fourth? You time. being there to come uh, come check a game out? I certainly hope so. Next Wednesday, we actually, and then you guys have a road game tomorrow night, right here. So two games in the next Friday. week. Uh, what did I say tomorrow? Friday, I, I, yeah, I, I've been Friday telling people it's Thursday that. all week. <laughs> like I had, like literally all day. I thought it was Thursday, except I think everybody wishes it was. Yeah. And to be one day closer <laughs> to Friday, one one day closer to the weekend, but. Yeah, they, Jonathan Harrison has done an incredible job, both producing the Adrian Heath show Monday night, 7 o'clock here on Score North, but also, too, doing the pre-half and post. He was up in the booth, and he actually got a chance to talk before anybody because he did the pre-game show. So all the nerves of opening a new stadium, he was the first one of the broadcast crew, both radio and television, that got to kick off the coverage. And Jonathan nailed it. He did an incredible job. Dan Carrar has a great call. Um, you'll hear them here Friday night. Uh, kickoff is 8 Eastern, so that's 7 here coverage will start at 6.30, and uh, Jonathan, you've been uh, incredible, buddy. You nailed it on Saturday. You did a really good job. That is Jamie Watson, Jonathan Harrison's agent. And uh, No, I'm just kidding. Jonathan's awesome. Jamie, we love yeah, you. Yeah, and I only charge him 20%, so I'll, I'll do it easy. Okay? All right, buddy. We'll see, you. we'll see you next time. All right, Jamie, Thanks, Jamie Watson from Minnesota United. When we come back, Judge heated about something that happened at the end of the Twins game last night, but I am elated about something. That happened at the end of the Twins game last night. So we'll talk about that. Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And it's the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities for uh, for my money anyways. You can get into some great deals right now on spacious vehicles. You can get into a 2019 Tacoma Double Cab 4x4 with Sport Package for just $369 a month, $1,500 down. You're looking for a Highlander perhaps? Right now you can get either a $1,750 rebate or 0.9% interest. And this is probably what I would recommend. The 2019 RAV4, which is one of the hottest, most popular vehicles on the planet right now, $299 a month with $1,500 down. So I have a lease coming up here in June. I got to figure out what my, I've I've had a 2016 Corolla for a while here. I got to figure out, am I going RAV4? Am I going back to Camry? So many great possibilities at Luther Brookdale Toyota. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Mackie and Job with Rami.